Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Thanks for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. For today's podcast, we're continuing our series on language with reflections from Joe Lowenstein on the importance of foreign language study. Dr. Lowenstein is a professor of English, as well as director of study abroad and the Interdisciplinary Project in the Humanities, or IPH, here at Washington University in St. Louis. The following thoughts were originally recorded as a message to incoming freshmen about the vast numbers of doors that can be opened by learning a foreign language. Lowenstein meant to help recent high school graduates think carefully and deliberately about how stepping outside one's linguistic comfort zone is an important step in pursuing a wide range of interests and ambitions. However, embedded in that message is the underlying idea that knowledge about any subject is intricately connected to language. Here's Dr. Lowenstein. You probably didn't expect to be hearing from an English professor, but I'm an English professor for whom language study is very important. It's long been very important. I took some notes. This isn't spontaneous, but uh, maybe it'll help you get a fix on things. I said language and language study is terribly important for me, and I'll admit that it became a lot more important for me when I married, married a German professor, but it really was already a big deal for me. To study Shakespeare, I wanted to read what he read and the way he read it. And for that, I needed French. That was the foreign language he seems to have read most comfortably. I also needed Latin, which is what he and every other serious writer in Europe read to stay involved with international intellectual life in science, in medicine, poetry, law, and history. But the main reason for a reader of English literature or for a creative writer to study a foreign language is to get perspective on English, to strengthen his or her sense of how what we can say is squeezed and enhanced by the available vocabulary and sentence structure of English. And you simply can't know your own language until you've gotten solidly and sturdily outside it. I direct the IPH, the Interdisciplinary Project in the Humanities. It's a small research-intensive program for ambitious students of the humanities. We require all our majors to read across subjects, philosophy, literature, history, gender and sexuality studies, social theory, religious studies. And they read across many centuries as well. The students all write senior theses and on a range of subjects. We've had them on film, on landscape architecture, this year, someone wrote a thesis on space law. We've had theses on graffiti, on Western medicine in early 20th century China, on how Mussolini read Machiavelli. All of our students have to achieve advanced fluency in a foreign language. Although we're confident that this requirement makes our students better writers of English, that's not why we established this requirement. We require foreign language study because we're training our students to be scholarly leaders. And it's simply a matter of fact that a great deal of very important scholarly work hasn't been translated, isn't available in English. Some of the most important scholarly work in the history of medicine is written in German, and it hasn't been translated. 
You can't study Chinese modernism without Chinese. And it also helps to have Russian or Japanese. There are lots of reasons for studying a particular language. And I'm talking about how to choose a language if you want to be in the game as a scholarly researcher. I've been setting aside some other important considerations. Language choice for activists. If you want to fight the spread of AIDS in Africa, you'd better start working on your French. Someone who wants to make a big difference in the fight against global warming should start Portuguese immediately. My colleagues in anthropology will tell you that someone who wants to be involved in the most decisive developments in the international women's movement needs to begin the slow work of mastering Arabic as soon as possible. What works or doesn't work in microfinance? You need Hindi. You didn't have Portuguese at your high school. Most of you went to schools that didn't teach Arabic or Korean or Hindi. And so let's face it, they'd only have been creating a problem for themselves if they encouraged you to think about options for language study. So they didn't ask you to think about language education as a crucial life choice. But that's what I'm telling you. It is. Now it's time to realize not only that people with scholarly or political ambitions should study a foreign language, but that particular ambitions can best be realized by the choice of particular foreign languages. This is the point at which I catch flack from my colleagues. Depending on your interests, there are good choices and bad ones. Of course there are great modern novels written in almost every language on Earth. But if you're especially interested in the modern philosophical novel, it makes more sense to study Russian than Danish. If you're interested in radical political thought in the age of liberal revolutions, it makes more sense to study French or German than Hebrew. Interested in religious liberation movements? It's a tough call, but Spanish makes more sense than Korean, although Korean would be a great choice for someone who wants to study Asian Christianity. History of physics? Latin. History of technology? French. Sociologists of China need Chinese. Historians of China do too, but to go far, they're also going to need Japanese, so it's important to plan ahead. My point here is that it's time to think hard about what language study can make possible and what the choice of a particular language makes likely. Now, you may not have quite enough information to make this choice advisedly, but if you keep your four-year advisor up to date about your interests, he or she can give you a little guidance. Unfortunately, and this is slightly bad news, no advisor can know enough to help you be confident about this choice. So you have to be bold. You have to approach your professors. You can come to me. I'm happy to help out insofar as I can. But the professors in the courses that matter to you are the ones that you want to talk to. If you want to study PNP, go ask the major advisor of that program in philosophy, neuroscience, and psychology. Ask them what language you should study. If you fall in love with the subject of your freshman seminar in environmental ethics, ask the instructor, it's Professor Evans, ask him what language an environmental ethicist needs above all. If you have particular interests, make those approaches now. If you're not sure about how you want to specialize, then I suggest that you might want to delay beginning language study by a semester while you do that little bit of asking around. Language study can open a lot of doors, but it's worth figuring out just which doors each language can open. 
just which door is the one you're most likely to want to walk through. I hope that helps. Many thanks to Joe Lowenstein for contributing to Hold That Thought. To see a video version of this talk or to find our weekly podcasts, please visit our website. We're at holdthatthought.wustl.edu. That's holdthatthought.wustl.edu. You can also search for Hold That Thought on Facebook and Twitter or find our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or prx.org.